starting over after divorce, job loss, passing of a spouse, or other major life event, it can be such a lonely and isolating time. That's why we have the Starting Over Well, the podcast, a community, a place that you can turn to, to not only get expert advice, but also know that you, you will be able to thrive again too in your overall wealth. I'm your host, Trisha Daniel, a third generation financer, clarity and literacy speaker. I am here because not only have I started over once, but twice. So I understand where you are at right now. And I want to inspire you with stories from other women that you can do it too. So hit subscribe and let's follow along. Welcome to the conversation. I am here with an amazing woman that I met through actually Facebook groups because about business. It was about business and we just kept running into each other on different platforms and different things that we, because we were really striving to be able to help other women. And so before I get to any more detail, I want to welcome Katie to the conversation. Hey, Trisha, so good to be with you. I am just, you know, I'm always, or I shouldn't say I'm always, I'm actually now not amazed at all um, that people connect online because I have some of my best friends now that I met through Facebook and Instagram. Absolutely. And that's one thing too, is we have a lot of mutual people. Katie kept popping up. I cannot even tell you with so many different women that I was friends with, I admired, I was learning from, and Katie, Kitty was always there. And then the bonus part is that you were a money girl too. You were in the world of finance. Yeah. I love when I find other women in finance because as you well know, women are typically not represented Mm-mm. a lot in the finance industry. They really aren't. And that's where when you actually hear somebody, because I'm always like, I'm a numbers nerd, you know, <laughs> I just have to tell everybody, I'm a numbers nerd. Yeah. I, I you know, know, because a lot of women don't realize it can be an empowering thing. Other women can do it too. Other women can learn about it. And that's where I really want to lead this conversation because Katie and I share a lot of similar things. And one thing that we share is that we were both raised by single mothers. And so that's what I really want to be able to talk about today is the fact that in a starting over journey, the impact you have on children and that your children will someday be grown up and they're going to think back to how their mother as a single mother impacted them. So Katie, I'd love to really talk about if you think back to your childhood, what are two feelings you remember when you think about your mother and the impact she had being a single mother in your life? Yeah, so I've always had a really, really close relationship with my mom. And, you know, that's been for my whole life. I'm so, so blessed to have her. When my parents divorced, I was in the seventh grade. And so I was, I was very well aware of what was happening. One of the, I guess, the strongest um, memories I have was the day that uh, my my mom and dad split. My my dad had actually just he packed up and left one day while we were all at school and work. And the next morning, my mom went to the bank to see her banker, 
And um, the money out of the bank account had been taken out. So I remember being at the bank with my mom and the money, the money in the account was gone. There was just a little bit left in there. The bulk of the money had been taken out. And I just, you know, I, I just could feel it. I mean, I was 12. I, you know, I knew what was going on. And I just, you know, if I think about that now as an adult, as a mom of, I have a 12 year old and a 14 year old, like what that must have felt like for her. So I, yeah. I feel like, gosh, I just, she was just so brave and so courageous and she just, she just kept going and kept going. And she had been a stay at home mom and just about a year or two before that, she had gone back into the workforce. So she was like reentering the workforce and now she was going to have to change her identity once more being a single mom. And, you know, she wasn't, she wasn't making a ton of money. I mean, it's, I, I can't imagine how she was feeling thinking now I'm single and I'm starting over with, with, um, you know, almost a teenager and, and my younger, my younger sibling, my younger brother. It's that feeling of overwhelm. Yeah. Just that overwhelm of, wait a second. Yes. First of all, just finding, you know, who am I now? But the fact that you've got these two kids yeah. that you have to stand there brave and to go back to that moment of, you know, being at the bank and there's nothing in the bank account. How do you feel that affected you seeing, you know, whether, the, you know, first of all, you said brave. Mm-hmm. The fact that you saw your mother as brave, knowing she faced that and then turned around and, you know, created a life for you. But just going back to that moment of, how was that moment? How has that affected you in your adulthood, knowing that you've watched you watched your mom just walk into bank and there was nothing there? Yeah. Well, one of the one of the themes I think that you know probably started that day and continued throughout my adolescent life, my young adult life was make sure you can take care of yourself. You know, it was sort of that independent woman. You make sure you can take care of yourself. You make sure you're not relying on someone, which is a very powerful message that we can, that we can pass on to our children, male, female, it doesn't matter, right? Make sure you can stand on your own two feet at any given time because life can change. And whether it's divorce or illness or death, like life is ever changing. So, so for me, it, it wasn't so much about, um, you need to be some independent woman. It's just, you need to always be sure that you can take care of whatever might be coming your way. So if that means saving for a rainy day, preparing for the future, making smart decisions, I think that's the messaging and that's the theme that carried through because my mom was a single mom. I love that. I love that because it does, you can take that in so many different directions, especially some things I would traumatic as a child. But to take that and empower yourself, because yes, my father as a financial planner, you know, when my parents were getting divorced, you know, he looked over at the, my sister and I and be like, I want to make sure my daughters are, can always stand on their own two feet, you know, but then I turned that into Miss Independence <laughs> where, you know, completely Miss Independence. I'm going to do this, this, and this all by myself. Mm-hmm. So I love that you turn the narrative of, yes, you have to stand on your own two feet but learning in not just being overly independent, but being able to use it as a tool because we don't know what life may turn at us. We don't know 
what disaster is around the corner or a curveball that might come. We never know. So being prepared, I love that messaging. I love that. I love that you turned that into that. Yeah. Well, going back to your mother too, how did she talk to you guys about that? Because I know you witnessed that in the bank, Mm -hmm. but how did she talk to you about that moment or did she? Yeah, she did. I probably was, I was more in high school, you know, and, and again, we were, (laughs) when she shows, we've looked back at, she's kept her tax returns and, you know, what she earned. And when we look back in those days, which was in the early nineties. And so of course, you know, inflation and everything else, it's different. But when you look at what she raised two teenagers on as a single mom with very little child support, very little, it's kind of amazing that she was able to provide a life for us where actually, Trisha, it's so funny. I, we didn't feel poor. I I didn't grow Mm. up feeling poor. So, you know, sometimes I think particularly mothers, we are, you know, parents in general, we just feel like, are we giving our kids enough? You know, do they have enough? Are we providing enough? Because we're, we're putting our adult lens on that and, and kids, you know, kids don't feel it quite the way that, that we feel, uh, in terms of the value, you know, we, we, we had no idea what the value was. So, I always had a really nice roof over my head. We had clothes. We had we had everything we needed, vehicle, whatever, everything we needed. But I knew that it was getting really close to payday when my mom was making that pot of spaghetti go farther and farther. It's so funny. <laughs> she would she would cook a big pot of spaghetti and then we would have hot dogs with chili. And then we, you know, like she just worked really hard to make every penny stretch. And so I began to understand the I think the value of money and she would just be very honest like we're not going to get that this week because I don't get paid until Friday. We're we're going to wait on that until we have taken care of these other necessities we have. And and as I got a little bit older, she would say there's $16 in the bank account. Till I get paid again. So let, let's get creative with this. And mm, I love that. And I, I love never that she felt said poor. That. I was like, okay, there's $16. I mean, it's not zero, right? Now, looking back, I'm going, the fear she must have felt to know mm. there was $16 to her name. And yeah, here it, it is a fear. Yeah, it was. I'm sure it was a fear, but you know, we would, um, she, and I, and, and I know that you are. You are um, faith-filled, but we would get like this refund check, like this rebate check, like maybe she had overpaid for an insurance premium or there was something. And then all of a sudden we go to the mailbox and we would call it mailbox money. Like there would be this $40 telephone refund. It was the strangest thing. It would just like drop in the mailbox. And so she would always say to us, no matter what God provides, we are going yes. to be taken care of. Like there was $16 and today there's $56 cause we got this like little rebate check. So it, she just constantly spoke positivity about money to us and was always very hopeful that her needs and our needs would constantly be met. I love that. I love that. Cause as a single mother, I do worry about those money conversations that I have with my two boys and not making it to be a negative impact 
So I love your encouragement about that because I do worry about when I tell them, Hey, we only have, but like your mother, you might like, Hey, let's get creative. I love that point. Let's get creative instead of making it of where a child grows up and it's always just that stressful. They feel that fear and overwhelm they've seen from their single parents. And so I love that mindset of being like, Hey, open communication. We only have $16 in the account, but Hey, let's be creative. And I think that is so important because I do, I is something I do worry about when I'm open with my children about talking about money, but making sure that one, I don't traumatize them. Right. But also I have to worry too, uh, overcompensate, overcompensate. Um, after my first divorce, I would go to target and be like, Oh, Hey, I, I overcompensated as a single parent. Cause to go back to a point you made earlier, you never felt without, you never felt without, you felt blessed. And I can see where I made a mistake um, after my first divorce of being able to overcompensate with toys and extra things. And let's go here. Let's go there because I felt bad about the money situation. And I wish I would have been better about, you know, cause I think just getting that skewed piece. So I, I love your affirmation of by having open communication, your mother was able to give you more of an empowerment and great, um, as an adult, yeah, those feelings around money, because I don't think how many people realize they carry their money, um, feelings from their past, from their childhood, from their twenties, from their marriages, from divorces, you keep those money feelings with you until you face them. Yeah. And you know, and I can't say that I, that I have not experienced that. I have, I have experienced, like, I don't want to ever just have $16 in my account, right? Like I, I did learn from that. I also learned to, you know, make sure in an effort to not, to be there, I always made sure I was like, chasing the next promotion, working really hard, right? So mm-hmm. that's that is the other side. I knew my mom didn't have extra money. She wasn't planning my college savings and if I was going to go to college, that was going to be on me, which right. uh I will tell you, I worked my way through college. I made good grades. I had a scholarship and then I worked while I was in college. I put myself through college. I think sometimes Parents put a lot of pressure on themselves to pay for their kids' education, yes, but the power yes. and the the goodness that came from putting myself through college. Now I lived at home, but but working hard in school, getting scholarships, and then working a full time job and going to college gave me a leg up in in the corporate world when I had to then go get that job and that career because I had had so much work experience and real life experience that I was a I was a valuable asset as an employee. So again, I think we put, you know, parents, we just put that pressure on ourselves. Like we need to be saving for our kids' education. I'm from the school of like hard knocks where yeah. you, you work and especially because we do as single parents you know, I've worried about it. Like, okay, how am I going to get, you know, my boys, you know, through schooling, through this, through that. And you feel that pressure when you see other parents who have the two incomes sending their kids and you're, and you're, so you're, you're worried. Like I want my kid to have that too, but 
I was just uh, having a conversation the other day uh, with a fellow um, man. We bo- we both love Thor, mm-hmm. and we were talking about the um, the fact of being able to have children when they go to college be money wise, having those conversations with a child, and that child is feels comfortable having a conversation with their parents about money, about working hard, about budgeting, about everything, those money conversations that a lot of parents don't. And because your mother, I was, you know, because she talked to you about money and because you didn't want $16 in your bank account, you know, and putting yourself through school, you know, that was invaluable. Yeah, it was good. And look, she wrote the budget right there with me. My mom oh, was that. not a, she was not a fancy computer person. I think people think that they need like this fancy Mm-mm. spreadsheet. She would literally, and I have it right here. I mean, she would take out a pad, like an index card and she would write down her expenses and she would write down what came in. And, and this little piece of paper every month was her budget. And it was, it stayed in front of her. She was very conscientious of what was in the bank account. What, what do we have coming up? And I would see her do it and she'd show it to me. And you know what? When I, when I left home, I did the same exact thing. I love I mean, that. Children learn what they live. They, yes. you can tell them all day long to go do a budget, <laughs> but if you're not doing no. one, <laughs> but think about it. Okay. And so, and the kind of, you know, how many times, cause you and I both be in the final world, how many times like go do a budget? Oh, okay. And they're gone. <laughs> they run away. They're gone. Yeah. They're just like, but they don't realize just get out a piece of paper. Like I always tell people, I get the colored pencils out and the markers out. Mm-hmm. Just grab one piece of paper and make it yours. You don't have to have this fancy. There is not a one budget fits all because there's not one budget that fits all. We all have our own individual budgets. Therefore, we need to make it individual to us. And yes. having it on one piece of paper is genius. And the fact that your mother did that with you by her side. Yeah. So that you could see it. And you know, that's not scary because a lot of people think of it as scary because they don't see it. But once right. you turn on a light and you see things, oh, that wasn't the boogeyman underneath my bed. You right. know, it's it's not as bad. No, and, and she she was under the philosophy that if she could anticipate 80% of what was coming in, then the 20% that maybe was unexpected mm-hmm. wasn't so scary. Yeah. But when you're not looking at it at all, that, that 100% of unknown is scary and stressful. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And too, as you think about as a single mother, you know, and, you know, it's the women listening, you know, they're in these starting over journeys, whether their husband passed away, they've gotten divorced, you know, there's there's so many reasons. And if they don't just look at it and face it, their fears that they already have, their overwhelm that they already have, it's just going to build and get worse. You know, so I love that your mother was able to just like, I'm going to face it, go to look at it. It's right there. I can see it. And then when, yeah, those bonus checks came in the mailbox, it was it was a party. Yeah. It was a party at the mailbox. Yeah. Well, I can't, I and we can't, still, we call it mailbox money. In fact, I got, my mom was visiting me here this week and um, we walked to the mail and I got mailbox money. Oh my I God. had, uh, I'd had a mammogram last year and I, I prepaid or whatever. And I guess once insurance and everything was settled, yeah. they sent me a check. The hot, the, the clinic sent me a check like, insurance took care of it. And I had a hundred dollar check in the mailbox and my mom was with me. And I literally was like, I got mailbox money, mom. 
and we had a moment because that was just, that was such a, a big deal. The whole time she was a single mom was getting that, 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 that little bit that just was enough, just enough to get us through the next whatever. That, that just week. made my heart jump. I mean, cause that's such <laughs> a, um, as one, that's such a God moment, Yeah, you know, of that moment, you know, and how, cause that impactful, that male money, how impactful it was for you and your childhood. And then to have it there with your mother. I mean, that's just, it's just an amazing moment. So I want to kind of move forward a little bit because you have had, again, this childhood with your single mother. And because you really, really saw the importance of communicating and being open and seeing your money, how has that impacted you today? Well, I mean, I went into banking, which I had no plans of doing. (laughs) I had no plans of doing that, but I, but I knew that I sort of had a knack for money, although I had a, a graduated with a marketing degree. And I believe that what allowed my career to be so good while I was a banker and I was a private client banker and I dealt with affluent high net worth clients. So I dealt with people who had a lot of money, who made Mm -hmm. a lot of money, who invested money. And sometimes I would almost feel like out of place, right? Because I didn't come, I didn't come from that world. Right. Uh, I came from a world where we pinch pennies and we, but here's what I saw. People who had a lot of money mm-hmm. have still have a lot of money stress. Yes. Yes. And well, money more a lot of, yeah. <laughs> and a lot of those, a lot of those parents and men and women, they have as much fear, anxiety, and stress about money that my single mom did. Yeah. And those big houses and mansions and cars and all of those things, while they're nice and great and creature comforts, and I love nice things, so don't don't get me wrong. Oh, there, I'm okay? not. Yeah. <laughs> we have that um, in common too. Yeah, I mean, I love nice things. I'm not knocking any of that. But what I'm saying is, I think a lot of times when you're a single mom and you're looking at other people and what they have, we can get in that comparison. Absolutely. Like, you know, if I had a second income, I might would have that. If I were married, if I, you know, if I had a partner, maybe I could have that. Absolutely. I'm going to tell you that their stress level about money sometimes is equal to that of a single mom mm-hmm. or someone going through a transition because all that glitters, it's not gold. And I learned that by working with very uh, wealthy people that at the end of the day, our money problems are about money, but more importantly, they're about the conversations that need to be having, the communication, the relationships, and we're all kind of sewn together in, in those similarities. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And that's what I think people don't realize that, yes, you may be whether you're single, you're married, you're young, you're old, it all stems around our feelings around money and our conversations around money. And that's why I love too, because we kind of talked off camera before is the fact of being able to take your childhood and what you learn and the importance about communication. Cause a lot of us that are in the starting over journey, we have some past trauma about sometimes money in our past relationships. I know with, with each of mine, each were very, very different in conversations. One, we never talked about it. One, we fussed about it. And I'm care, I carry that out of there into where I'm never going to tell, I talk to anybody about money ever again. Don't make me. I'm not going to talk to you about it. And that healing process and how important it is for women starting over 
to heal from whatever past trauma you may have about talking about money or what may have gone on so that whenever you do enter a relationship later on, you in a healthier place to talk about money. Yeah. And, and don't you find, Trisha, I know with me helping my clients, I'm sure you see this as well, but a lot of times our, the way that we were brought up, our childhoods, our thoughts about money, kind of what we, what our brains may cunningly tell us about money, they can hold us back yes. later in life with really going for the thing we want to go for or living the, you know, living out the dream. You know, I, because I had some, I mean, financial scarcity, I mean, we really did. Uh, I always wanted to make sure that I always had enough of yeah. it, right? Yeah. I, I, I wanted to make sure that I was constantly moving up the corporate ladder, that I would, was getting those raises, that I was doing that. Cause I, 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 I wanted money, right? I wanted more money. I wanted to make sure I could take care of my family. And in that quest, I, I did lose some of myself mm-hmm. and I made choices that, you know, had I been brought up differently, maybe I wouldn't have made, I don't know. I mean, you, we can't go back. Right. But I, I think that when I got down to the core of who I am and what I want to be doing, I can't let the money story take over. Right. You know, I, 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 I can't. I, I have to push through and, and do the things that I believe I was made to do and not always ta- attach money to it. Mm-hmm. Not always attach, you know, the outcome of like a paycheck or a certain salary. I think we we limit ourselves sometimes out of that fear. And, you know, I see that holding women back a lot. Yes. In their decisions. Yeah, because it becomes your identity. It solely becomes your identity. And it's so hard to separate the two because, you know, as, as we both have done, you know, there's healing, there's healing that needs to be done, but you're going to have to be able to separate the two to truly do your healing here so that you can do your healing over there. And we, we so associate with that together and we need to be able to separate and find out who we truly are so that when we go into other places, cause I know, you know, with the work that you're doing now, being able to teach people how important it is to be able to talk about their money, have those open communications about money because how it affects you, whether you're single, whether you're with somebody old or young, again, it's so, so, so important. So I would love for you to be able to tell people too. I mean, because it's so important to be able to talk and have those open conversations of, you know, especially too, as two career driven women who we're very independent and being able to use it. And, you know, we don't know where it all stems from, but being able to always make sure we could take care of ourselves, stand on our own two feet, do all this. But then how do you keep that independence? So when you do meet somebody and you get married or you're in a relationship, how to be able to carry that importance of communicating about money to grow your relationship with somebody else or growing it with your children, growing it with a significant spouse, it's just so important. Yeah, I, I think one of the things that women can do is to truly learn about how money works, mm-hmm. uh, to to understand and have just a general knowledge of money. I believe that that it gives us confidence. I think it gives women confidence the more we know about anything, but particularly money. So as you enter in 
to a new relationship with someone, you can confidently have those conversations and to understand, like you mentioned, the two sides, like there is an emotional side of money and understanding that about yourself, becoming very self-aware about your relationship with money is going to be critical as you begin to talk about it with a future significant other. Um, Because, you know, understand that then they come and that we don't know what their money story is. And the only way to know is to talk about it. Absolutely. Right. It's to have those conversations earlier on. I think um, I read an article that that was like, when is the quote right time to have a money conversation when you're entering into a new relationship? And the research said about five months. At about five months, that's kind of like a good time to really start to understand about what the what the other person is coming in with. Like, what what is your thoughts on debt? What you know, right. all of those things. So, which is really hard. It's like, I think so we'll go out on a date, man. So, how much credit card do you have? Do you have? Hey, I have. You know. <laughs> well, you know, it's really crazy. My husband and I met on a blind date, oh. and we were set up by. By friends, and of course, they knew they knew about me and what I thought about money. Right. And so, when my friend's husband was telling me about my now husband, he was like, "Okay, Katie, he has a four hundred one k. Okay, he has a really good job. <laughs> like, I had all of those check boxes, and it was all about money, and mm-hmm. because they knew how I was. But I think that's important to put on the checklist. It is not that I'm a big checklist fan, but I think. Um, I, I, again, and that's where I had to correct myself because that became so much of my checklist mm-hmm, mm-hmm, that became so mm-hmm. much of my checklist. I was losing the other important parts yeah. of my checklist, you know, yeah. and- because, you know, you come, they come in, you come into a new relationship and that checklist is important. But I think what's more important is to understand that if you can talk about mm-hmm. it, and you can break down some walls. Like people can change. Like there okay. is, there is opportunity yes. to grow in these areas. What well, is you learn from each other? You start to learn from right. each other, you know, and that's where I have learned that, you know, by having those open conversations, like, oh, you know, it just, it makes it easier. You, it's another reason, a way to connect. You know, I know with, oh, yeah. with you working with, with couples, it's a way for a couple to connect. And if you haven't healed yourself to a certain point, where you can even have a conversation with someone you're dating, you know, and you can't, you know, when you try to take it to the next step and you can't even talk about those kind of things. Um, but it does provide that more of an intimate connection for the two of you when you can have those discussions. Yeah. And I think the first step in that is to know, is to get to know yourself and to get to be, you know, to get to understand where does your money story come from and, is you know making the changes you can make and be- and becoming all you can be while you're in a season of being single. Yes, right. Yeah, and I think that's very very important because we're so focused on when am I going to meet somebody? When am I going to meet somebody? When am I going to meet? Just take that time. Take that time to heal your own journey. So when you do meet somebody, you're ready to have those conversations. You're ready to see those things. You've got your checklist ready. Like, these are the things, like, I'm not going to compromise on. These are the things that excite me. Oh, you've got a 401k. Hey. <laughs> you know? Hey, you know, I mean, I was, tw- I was 25. I mean, look, hey. 401ks were important oh, no. for, I mean, to me at 25. Hey, again, I have a financial planner father, so we could go all day talking about my checklist, you know, and 
because that's how I was raised. And I thought everyone had these conversations about, you know, exactly. Yeah. You just don't realize, especially too, again, that, you know, your upbringing, my upbringing, it's one of those things you don't realize that other people didn't have that upbringing. They maybe didn't have where they had open conversations about budgets. They saw their parents fight all the time about money. So they were, they're afraid to talk about it. But until you get to that part where you're comfortable with yourself, it's easier to have that conversation with somebody new about, oh, okay, well, your parents used to fight about money. Now I understand why you're hesitant to talk about it. Exactly. 100%. So going forward a little bit, now you have kind of found an amazing thing that really gets you excited and it's being able to talk to couples and work with couples about their money. Yeah, it's really kind of um, interesting because when I decided to make a shift in my career, so I was burnt out. I mean, honestly, I was just, I was burnt out and I knew that there was something bubbling inside for me, but I, I didn't know what that was. I thought I just, I'm ready to be out of banking. Like I'm tired of doing this. I was just really more tired of the corporate structure, I think. Uh, and so I had an opportunity to move out of state. My husband had a job and I was like, oh, that's it. I'm out. And, you know, we were, um, I was actually in a, a great deal of debt because I was wanting to be out and I, I used money, uh, to buy things to comfort myself. Mm-hmm. So I learned that about myself that I, I bought, I, I shopped, I used retail therapy and it, it put us into some, um, to some financial debt that I was, it was felt like, you know, a blanket on me all the time. It just smothered me having, having debt like that. And so we took the opportunity to move and to reset some major things in our life and, you know, not being afraid to say, you know, I'm going to trade in that luxury vehicle for a used car and we're going to do this because I want something different. Mm -hmm. And I don't know what that is today, but long story short, it has been to, to really just dive in and use my expertise about, about finances and money and to, to help couples manage that part of their um, marriage, because as you know, you know, money problems are a leading cause of divorce yes. year after year after year. And, you know, if I can help a couple navigate those conversations, understand money, understand how to come together to work on a budget, to understand each other's feelings about spending, then I just, I feel like that's what, what my purpose is and what God wants me talking about. So here I am. I feel like this is the thing. We'll see where this journey takes me, but, um, but I'm having a ball really helping people. And, and I tell uh, new clients, it's an honor and a privilege for you to invite me into this very intimate part of your life. Because, you know, when you look into people's finances and you get kind of, you pull that curtain, mm-hmm. There's so much shame a lot of times oh, wrapped yeah. up in money and in, and in the mistakes that have been made. So when someone invites me into their life to help them manage this piece because they want to do differently, they want to know more. I just never take that for granted. I never take that opportunity for granted. And um, it's, you know, it, it can be, it can make you almost feel naked and exposed. But gosh, just once you rip the bandaid and you just start getting in there and doing the work, you're going to just feel so free. Absolutely. When you can just pull, like you talk about, you know, turn that light Mm -hmm. on, just turn the light on. Let's look at it. Let's deal with this head on. And 
I don't know, the confidence grows and we're just able to do some good stuff. So that's just been, I'm on fire about that. I love it. I love it because again, so many people, my father's a financial planner would see couples, you know, they would come into their office and, or a woman that, you know, their spouse just passed away or and they were lost. They just felt so lost because they had never had those many conversations during the relationship and they were, they just felt lost. So I love, yeah. love, love that you are doing this for couples and helping them tear off that bandaid, get that overwhelming feeling because too, it is, it's a leading cause of divorce and being able just to feel like they can now come together in a whole new way and with more confidence, less fear and less shame is, is just amazing. You know, I had similar like single women who would, who I banked, you know, I banked the, the, the couple and I actually have had two cases where the spouse has died. One was young. She was young. She was in her thirties and the spouse was, was killed tragically. And she had never even signed in to look at the online banking account. You know, a lot of times, you know, and, and, and let's face it, women didn't have credit cards and there couldn't have credit cards in their own name till the seventies. Right. We're not talking about that long ago. And so a lot of women just don't, they don't get involved or they don't, they don't get the access. They don't get to it. And she was, she was lost. So she's grieving her husband and she's lost with finances. And so I always tell women, whether they're my clients or not, like get in there and, and learn, learn this stuff, be interested, talk about it. And, and really it can be a connection for people to talk about money. It absolutely is because there is, I mean, we both could talk about all day different examples of when all of a sudden you never know again when life may change you never know when that curveball disaster you never know and so being able to hey you are going to be taken care of you know you are this is the debt we have this are the assets we have just having those open conversations you know is just so 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 important so i i just love that you have those and re- help them realize that you know it's maybe scary now but it's even scarier later when yeah, something else happens right. and you don't know how to even log on to the online banking or which bank it's even at. Exactly. Yeah. Well, I love that. Well, if you could give women that are in our starting over journey and they are wanting to, you know, walk through the healing so that someday they are ready to have those important conversations with someone they meet if you could give them one or two pieces of advice to help them because they want to be able to have those amazing conversations like you are helping other couples with, what advice would you give them? I mean, the simplest thing is to just start Mm -hmm. to sit down and look at what they have to look at maybe how they're spending money. I'm a firm believer that um, your money tells you what your values are. Yes. Uh, oh, that's how so you're good. Spending, so good. How you're spending money, you know, is is what you value, and and a lot of times when when what you say you value and the way you're spending your money, when those things are not in alignment, you can feel really off, and that's where a lot of the money stress is occurring for a lot of people. So, I always say, you know, start with looking at where have you been spending money, how have you been spending money, and does that is that an alignment with, with what it is you say you want and value? And if it's not, then let's, let's work on that. Let's start to, to, um, to tweak that. And the other thing would be, you know, especially those of, of um, those people that are listening, those women who are single moms and they have children, 
I, I think what I would say is children are actually, they can handle a lot more. They know what's going on even when you don't tell them. So if you are silently, and I'm quoting, air quoting here, if you are silently stressing about money, they know it, you would do better to start a conversation. And of course, there's ways to do that where you don't have to burden your children, but they just, they just want to be involved. My mom didn't take opportunities she could have taken when she was a single mom because she valued the time she spent with us. That was really important. So she could have made more money. We would have had more money, but she also wanted to be, you know, home at a decent hour and be with us at night. And, you know, that's what I remember about my childhood is my mom was always there. We didn't want for money. I didn't feel poor because I had my mom's time and attention. And that is more valuable than any program you could buy, any camp you could buy for them, any new toy. It's your time and your love and being being in a place where you're not stressed out. So I guess that's, I don't know if that answers your question. It, it absolutely but. does. It absolutely does. Because I was that mother that was, I'm going to go get extra. I'm going to work extra hours. And, and then my child sent home a piece of paper and it was like, I just wish my mommy didn't work so much. Yeah. And yeah. I was trying to buy them all the things instead of giving them one thing that didn't cost anything, which was my time. So no, that absolutely, absolutely answered my question. Well, thank you. Thank you so much for this conversation. And thank you for pouring into these women so that they too can see the impact they are having on their children and the legacy that their children were going to take with them in the future because of the power they have right now to be able to teach their children about wealth and all the things that encompass it. Well, thank you, Katie, so much for this conversation. And I look forward to talking to you more. Yeah, thank you so much. It's been so much fun. Thanks, Tricia. Let's get creative. What a powerful message Katie shared from her mother, from a woman who was starting over, who arrived at a bank completely almost wiped clean. When her starting of her journey, she was able to teach her kids financial literacy by getting creative, learning how to manage money with what they had has taught Katie lifelong lessons that now she shares with other people. Sometimes in our starting over journeys, we feel devastated. We feel lost, but we can also stand back up on our own two feet, mentally, emotionally, and financially and starting over our wealth. For generations to come. Just like Katie's mother, your identities are going to constantly change, but who you are at the core never changes. When she walked into that bank, she was one woman. When she walked out, she was another. And she taught her children. Again, her kids, like Katie said, she never felt poor. And Katie's mom brought her into the conversation to talk about money. And now she brings other women and couples and teaches them a lifelong lesson. So right now we don't see amazing things that's about to happen from what we're walking through because things are so cloudy and they're chaotic. But when you sit back and rest and the chaos starts to settle to the bottom and the waters in your life start to seem clear, wow, the change in the impact that you are about to make in your starting over journey, 
you have one thing that doesn't cost you anything. Time. Wasn't that so powerful when Katie talked about that? Time. It doesn't cost you a thing. And that's what her mother gave her and poured into her, her time. So in this starting over journey that you are in right now, Katie shared with us from a child's point of view how impactful it was to watch her mother go through that, but then what her mother taught her that now she uses today. What can you teach your children that will impact generations to come through this starting over journey? Thank you for listening to this episode of Starting Over Wealth. Please be sure to subscribe so you don't miss a thing. And if you really gained value today, please be sure to give us a five-star review so we can be put in front of more listeners and so other women in their starting over journey feel like they're not alone. For details and show notes about today's show and how you can connect with and support our guests, please go to www.sone.club. That is S-O-W-N dot C-L-U-B. Also, please email me at hello at trishadaniel.com. Follow me on social media. Links can be found in the show notes. Become unashamed and unafraid with Starting Overwhelmed.